0: In a couple of weeks, Caltech astronomers Mike Brown and Konstantin Bulegin will be staying up late, over six autumn nights, scanning part of the sky via the Great Subaru Telescope in Hawaii. They'll be looking for something their data tell them is there, but which they have to see with their own eyes, a newfound ninth planet in the solar system. They hadn't gone looking for a planet. They were looking for explanations for why space debris behaves so weirdly out beyond Neptune in what's called the Kuiper Belt, But now they're convinced it's a planet out there, one that is 10 times the mass of Earth, with a 15,000-year orbit around our sun, and 30 times farther away than Pluto. It has no name because it is not yet an official planet, but for now they're calling it Planet Nine. Yes, not unlike the cult movie Plan Nine from Outer Space. And how's this for synchronicity? Brown is the man whose research wound up demoting Pluto, which is actually smaller than Australia, down to a dwarf planet. Yes, he killed off planet Pluto. I have to ask the first question of Mike Brown. Is this all about penance for being the assassin of Pluto? If
1: if you were to ask my daughter, she would say yes. Uh, She is the one who told me that I, I need to go find a new planet to make up for everybody hating me about killing the old ninth planet. I would say no. I would say it was. Uh, I it would require much more uh, foresight to have to have known that this was going to go on.
0: And Konstantin Batygin, what is it exactly that you found?
2: Right. So what we have is a gravitational signature of the existence of this planet. This planet, uh, just like every other major planet in the solar system shepherds the small bodies that surround it. And the particular way in which the orbits of these debris are arranged can only be explained by the existence of a planet. It's it's a little bit like, you know, being downtown hearing an ambulance. You know it's there, but you haven't seen it yet. You even know the overall direction that the sound is coming from, but you haven't seeing what color the ambulance is. Mike came to my office a couple of years ago and said, there's something really strange going on in the Kuiper belt, and we should figure out what's going on. And that was kind of the beginning of, of this whole Planet Nine adventure that we've been on.
0: Because all the stuff that's out there, all the material or matter that's out there, behaves differently when there's a planet in the neighborhood. What was your eureka moment for this?
2: So that's a great question. Um, Our Eureka moment was at first a kind of slow Eureka creep rather than a moment, right? Um, (laughs) We spent the first year trying desperately to demonstrate that there is no planet.
1: People have been saying, oh, maybe there's a planet for 150 150 years, years. And they're always wrong. And it makes anyone who says, oh, I think there's a planet, generally is crazy or it turns out to have been crazy or just wrong. And We wanted to be more careful and show that it, it does not have to be a planet. Usually when people say there's a planet, it's based on something that turns out to not be true. Or, or they, they miss, an, Or wishful thinking. Yeah. Or misinterpretation or something. If you stand up as an astronomer and say, there's a planet out there, everybody, all the other astronomers just kind of look at you and roll their eyes and like, oh, you're one of those people. Fine. That's right. And we didn't want to be one of those people unless we were, we were really sure. sure yeah.
0: So, how did you persuade yourselves? We that was that
2: was the
1: hardest
0: yeah. part, actually.
2: We ruled out systematically every other option. No, it's not a passing star. No, it's none of these things. Um, and I think at first, rather reluctantly, we started playing around with the idea of, okay, what if we, you know, introduce a planet into the distant solar Just system? Just for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> if we were to imagine that, you know, a planetary body could potentially exist, then uh, well, what, what, what did it do? You what? know, even the first kind of simple models that we constructed, you could see that there was, uh, there was something there. To get back to your original question about the Eureka moment, you know, the moment when we really believed ourselves for the first time was about um, October, I think, 2015. We were sitting yeah. right here.
1: We had done what Constantine said and had proved to ourselves that a planet could work. Mm-hmm. And we had tried very hard to rule out everything else. We were both, you know, like, yeah, planet works. But it might be some other idea we haven't thought of yet. And then we come to October That's right. of 2015.
2: You know, I brought my laptop over here, transferred the... Uh, theoretical prediction that our model was making onto Mike's computer we said all right we're going to right now plot the entire outer solar system data set on top of the model and let's see what happens that was the moment of truth where we just Mike hits the button and on top of this you know streams of theoretical prediction you know, are a few points, and they're exactly kind of aligned. You know, they're exactly where they're supposed to. be. What did you
1: do? Uh, we we didn't do anything at that yeah. point except for stare. I think I think that was one of the few times when we were both silent. You know, up until that point, it was a cute story. You know, and it was kind of an. It was the math was nice. The the the, the modeling that Constantine had done was was uh, was really elegant, and we had a great story. And we we could have written a paper and said. Here's a great story, and everyone would have been like, "Oh, this is a very nice story." And at that moment, it went from great story to, "Holy crap! There's a planet out there," which I never, I don't think, until that moment, it had ever actually been <laughs> real in my mind. Yeah. That was it.
0: So now, what is the protocol to go forward?
2: Now we're at a state where, go to the we go to the telescope, and we just that we catch the photons that have been reflected off of its surface.
1: We've done a pretty good job, I think, of narrowing down where in the sky it should be. Um, it's pretty close to the constellation Orion, which is kind of fun because that's a constellation that everybody knows. If, if people get up early in the morning this time of year, they can see Orion coming up and they can think Planet 9 is right around there somewhere. And we're waiting for another couple of weeks before it's up high enough in the sky that we can start observing it. And then we're going to start systematically sweeping that area until we find it. It makes me think of the solar system differently than I had before, that there's this inner solar system, and now we are some of the only people in the world who consider everything from Neptune interior to be the inner solar system, which seems a little crazy. So (laughs) it would (laughs)
0: redefine, essentially, the acreage of the solar system dramatically.
2: It's as if we've all been, you know, living in Monaco and kind of mapping out different parts of Monaco and then we discovered Russia. You know, if the Sun is the size of a dime and you walk across Caltech, you reach Planet Nine.
0: How did it end up being prosaically Planet Nine? Well, so we we haven't found it yet,
1: so it does not yet deserve a real name and we've actually studiously avoided thinking about names because, mostly because I'm superstitious and I feel like that's that would jinx it. So we can't we can't think about names yet. We stick our fingers in our ears when people suggest things. Although, everybody seems to suggest David Bowie anyway. Um, it's a good name. It's a good name. Is it up to you? <laughs> so it's funny because there are the rules for naming everything in the solar system. You know, uh, craters on Mercury have to be named after poets. Uh, moons of Uranus are Shakespearean characters. There are no rules for naming planets because there aren't supposed to be any planets.
2: And you know, uh, in the history of humanity, only two planets have been discovered astronomically. And in both cases, the names that the astronomers chose were not the names that we know now. That's true. Uranus um, was originally called George. Um, George. George, yeah. That was in honor of King George.
1: Like George Star. Georgia Star, yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, Neptune. So it's a good country band,
0: too. Are people hanging on this? Are you starting to get um, interest?
1: uh, uh, Yes. So a lot of people are convinced that it's going to destroy the world. How many emails do you get a day of people who are scared that Planet Nine is going to? I don't know. There has been this crazy internet conspiracy, maybe pre-internet conspiracy, of of planets on big looping orbits that are going to, ridiculous things are going to flip the magnetic fields of the Earth, as if A, that even makes sense, and B, that would actually do anything. Um, Niburu. Have you heard of Niburu? So this is apparently, allegedly, predicted by this guy from the Sumerian texts, you know. And they've always put it on an orbit, a very eccentric orbit, but of course it crosses the Earth's orbit, and that's why it destroys the Earth. So, So as soon as we find something on an eccentric orbit, clearly we have proved that Nibiru is real
2: mm-hmm. there is one thing that I um, I noticed which is a pattern when you get uh, when you get crackpot emails they're always signed not simply with the name of the person but also the location of where that person is from you know it's not just you know thanks for discovering Nibiru I will punch you in the face Pavel from you know, it's not just Pavel. It's always like Pavel from like. Why
1: do
0: you think people care so much about this? Well, so I
1: actually, so ignoring the the crazy parts, I think the, the the many other people are very excited for for real reasons. This is this is part of our our basic exploration of the universe around us. You know, this is changing the way that we look at where we live. I think by expanding it by such a huge amount, and this is you know, it's only happened as Constantine said. It's only happened twice in human history that these new planets have been discovered.
2: You know, we live in a, in a very special time for planetary science. We have rovers on Mars taking pictures. We have um, this sort of exoplanet revolution happening within the last two decades. They're just new things that are out there have, have led to some of the renewed interest.
1: Even ten years ago, if there was a rover on Mars... You know, you would eventually see the pictures in a magazine. Uh, now you get them the same day that the scientists get them, and you can, you can look at them and, and put them together. And the same thing is, is happening with, uh, with Planet Nine. You know, Constantine and I write a lot about it on our, uh, on our blog about what's going on. People can follow along. So I think people just feel like they're more part of the mm-hmm. scientific endeavor than they were ever allowed to be before.
0: What is the definition of a planet?
2: It's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> big that that's thing. so technical. <laughs> yeah, it's a big... But that's, I think that's as good of an explanation that, that you yeah. can... Well, big it's, thing a, not it's a very big good thing. thing that orbits the sun and uh, dominates its neighborhood gravitationally.
0: You make it sound like a bully.
1: It is. It so is. I actually have often described it this way. There are eight, maybe nine now, planets that are on these very, very stable orbits they go around and around the sun. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care what anybody else does. It's it's really as if you have uh, nine huge boulders in a field of gravel, and and the the gravel is just moving around wherever the boulders say they should, and the boulders just don't care how much gravel you throw at them. So what has to happen next? Gotta right. find it. That's that's mm-hmm. the the only answer. We are on the telescope um, at the end of September for uh, for six nights. We need we need a. About twenty nights on the telescope to survey the region where we think we need to look. Unless you get lucky. Well, yeah. So we need twenty nights to do the full region, and y- it's entirely possible we find it on the very first night.
2: You know, um, Neptune was found on the very first night of its uh, observational search. So that's that's what we're hoping. Yeah, for I don't think good. we're that good. <laughs>
0: Mike Brown and Konstantin Batygin, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Pat Morrison asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Todd G. Levin. The music is from the television show Star Trek, and from William Matthews' Pluto, the Renewer in addition to Gustav Holst's suite, The Planets. That'll be needing a rewrite. I am Pat Morrison.